0: Last week Nicholas, the CEO of Centiro, joined me on the show to talk about what they're doing in supply chain software. Plus, you're going to be surprised to hear all about his take on company culture. Join us at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 83. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. And now a word from our sponsor. Like the products you manufacture, it is not unreasonable to expect the merchandise used to promote your brand to do so without posing risk to the recipients or the brand itself. Supply chain professionals can now play a leading role in protecting and growing their brand's reputation with the help of the Quality Certification Alliance. QCA is an independent, not-for-profit 501c6 third-party accrediting and certification body dedicated to ensuring accountability throughout the promotional product industry supply chain. Visit qcalliance.org to learn more. Your brand is your organization's most valuable asset. Protect and grow it by aligning your values with QCA. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. What a month. I've been traveling all over the place meeting some amazing people and learning so much in supply chain. It's definitely an exciting time to be in supply chain because more businesses are looking at their supply chains as an essential part of their strategy and competitive advantage. Plus, there's so many supply chain professionals that are solving some fundamental challenge challenges with tech that makes it super, super exciting. So I was talking about my travels with somebody on my ball team. And so this one goes out to Dave because I was recently in New York city and I don't know if many of you know this, but I get bad knots in my back in the upper back and i had some really bad ones while i was in new york city right after all of my meetings and before the next day when i had to um go on stage and present and so i was looking around the room and i was trying to figure out what i was gonna do so i saw this old school towel bar and i so i went on the corner of the towel bar with my back and tried to get the knot out well that didn't work so well so i was looking around the room again and the top of the ice bucket had this perfectly sized round ball that i could use to um, try to get the knots out of my back. So I put it on the bed and I started rolling around on my shoulder and it eventually did the trick. But I was talking today to Robert Garrison of Mercado Labs and he just said, you idiot, you are in New York City and Chinatown is right there, so you could have just gone and got a massage. Well, now I know for next time. I haven't been to New York City too many times, so at least I know for my next trip. Well, October is upon us and that means we are highlighting another powerhouse woman in supply chain today, but before I reveal who that is, let's get to the question of the week. So the question of the week is, why do you think visibility is such a challenge in supply chain? So many of you commented on LinkedIn, we've got Fun Show that says the time lag between issues, occurrence, issues, discovery and resolution is still a big problem to date in supply chain. Visibility is how fast and quick to reduce business and supply chain risk, improve lead times and performance. Jeremy Tiffin says, Sarah, it's a great question. I don't know if it's so much of a visibility issue as it is a familiarity issue. The impact supply chain departments and the supply chain itself can have in a business is quite visible and impressive. Remember, these are shortened answers. If you wanna go and see um, all of the answers, go to listeners corner at letstalksupplychain.com. Schneeha says visibility indeed a challenge and solution to solve a good percentage of issues in supply chain disintegrated teams and communication gap adds to the lack of visibility Enrique in my vision all levels of management team needs to have two kinds of visibility one specific two general Keelan Spence says I would say visibility on international freight air and ocean is more difficult due to the different parties involved at each step of the shipment robert garrison says my thesis is because it depends on who what and why for example what visibility a ceo needs and what may be or that might be much different than what the director of logistics needs and why context is key and then we have over on twitter supply chain queen says we can see black holes in the universe but I just want to know where's my shipment? Rate Links over on Twitter says it's a numbers game. Asset based, light asset, and non asset carriers in the mix. 200 carriers quickly become 20,000. Carriers need an incentive to provide visibility, collaboration, and transparency through integrated data are key. At Iber Halder says it's difficult for most of supply chain partners due to the openness within the supply chain and then over on Instagram Heather Janili says poor communication between departments Thank you to everyone who weighed in this week. Remember to check out the complete dialogue at letstalksupplychain.com under Listener's Corner, and stay tuned every single Wednesday on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for the newest question. And you might hear your name on an upcoming episode. So during the past year, I have had the privilege of working on some exciting projects with the team over at JDA, and Lori has been a huge part of that. So it is my pleasure to introduce you to Lori and help tell her story of success, challenge, and triumph. But first, let's get an overview of who Lori is. Lori is currently responsible for leading a global team of product marketing and digital content professionals in positioning and messaging all JDA cloud solutions and services to the global market, analyzing the competition and market size revenue potential, creating thought-provoking thought-provoking digital content that aligns to key buying personas and supporting the sales enablement and go-to market efforts across the entire JDA Solution portfolio. So welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me this afternoon.
0: Yeah, you know, it's been such a pleasure working with you and the team at JDA. So before we get started, I just want to say thank you for believing in the work that I do, and really allowing me to help tell the JDA story. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So now let's get started talking about your journey. How did your career start? What has the journey looked like? And what are you doing now?
1: Yeah, wonderful, thank you for asking. Um, I started my career in software approximately 20 years ago um, in the ERP space. I was working for a small company um, out of the Midwest, called Great Plains Software, who was um, quickly acquired after I started by Microsoft. So I worked in uh, the Microsoft ERP Business Solutions um, business unit for about 12 years um, and got into the world of the crazy uh, wild world of supply chain about eight years ago. And so um, a lot of my background uh, was working with distributors before in the ERP space, as well as professional services, et cetera. um, getting back into supply chain or moving to supply chain, I should say, was a, a pretty easy transition for me um, because I had been working with some of the customers on the on the other side of the ERP systems in the past. So uh, earlier focus, ERP, uh, customer relationship management, human resource management, and then transitioned, of course, into the integrated planning and execution of the supply chain. Um, so that'll give you a little background on where I started, what I've done, um, been doing, uh, had different roles, every, every role from customer support to product management. Uh, I did a short stint with Microsoft as part of their professional presenta- uh, presenter community, um, focusing on uh, again, the ERP, CRM, and SharePoint uh, applications, um, and then moving, of course, into product marketing. And currently... Uh, at JDA, I manage the product marketing group for JDA as well as the content management group.
0: Amazing, and all of those are huge components to you know a successful career in supply chain. Because now, you know, supply chain maybe not when you started, but especially now, it's touching all different points of a business. Correct. And it's amazing to have that background and really be able to touch or, or, you know, yeah, to touch those points as you're moving forward in your in your career. So
1: what challenges
0: did you face and how did you overcome them?
1: Yeah, I think the the greatest challenge, especially in software, moving from, you know, I was uh, my current life, I was in banking for a short stint during college. And so you know, it's very restricted and very, you know, process oriented. and you get into software and there's so many moving parts, especially around the avenue of technology. And I think you uh, recognize as well, Sarah, that, um, you know, in the past, probably four to five years, technology has been moving so much faster and all of the innovation changes that are affecting supply chains and all of the different um, aspects of, of technology really do affect um, the business, our business, our customer's business, our partner's business much much more quickly. So some of the challenges um, personally are having to be more agile, having to um, adjust to change more quickly, and then having also to pick up areas of expertise that we necessarily didn't have expertise in before, but really adapt quickly to learning those, those new uh, technologies and innovations so that we can help our customers and partners succeed. So I think the speed of which things are moving um, has always been in software, of course, and in supply chain and in ERP have been fast. It's just moving much more fast, uh, faster in a much more faster um, environment as of late. Right. So those are some of the challenges that that I face personally. It's just, you know, keeping up, right. Keeping up.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And that adaptability component is is huge it's been huge in in the last couple of years but especially moving forward because things are just going to get faster i mean it just sounds so scary but um it is going to happen so how are you how are you working on adaptability or or do you have any
1: advice on that yeah so i think um i, mean, I think it is you have to be open-minded to be agile and you have to kind of do a lot of your uh, onus investigation i think even when we introduce concepts like machine learning right what does that actually mean for businesses? I mean, what what are some of the scenarios and workflows and, and bringing it down to a level where it actually, you can take it down to a scenario that affects a business, it, either be in the warehouse or in transportation or even in planning, you know, taking in signals that in planning, like we've never dealt with in the past, right, taking in unstructured data signals like news, uh, social media, weather, events into our planning and forecasting processes is something that you know we've been dabbling with, especially on the side of weather for a long time, right? Bringing those weather components in. But what does social mm-hmm. media do to your demand planning? You know, what does what does either good social media for a product do or bad social media? How does that affect your planning and your forecasting? So all of these different different type of unstructured data components, and so. My advice is really to just kind of, you know, get get engaged with your customers, find out the challenges that they're that they're uh, going through currently, some of the some of the um, you know obstacles that they've dealt with in the past, and how they handled those obstacles, just to help your businesses and your and your customers and your partners start to adapt quicker. Um, and so, really getting around those challenges, and then thinking of ways that you know things that you offer today, and what are some things you can offer in the future that really can help with um with addressing those challenges right so just keeping abreast of all of the 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 new the new innovation and technology that's affecting supply chains is i think challenging but again just keeping ahead of the game having a seat at the table and you know again being agile enough to kind of work through the process with your customers is important
0: yeah and what about on a personal level cuz you, yeah. you talk about social media and news is coming at us you know, right. in so many different fashions. I mean, you're in marketing, I'm in marketing. I talk to supply chain professionals all the time where they're, they're mm-hmm. like, I'm overwhelmed. You know, there's right. videos, there's blogs, there's podcasts, there's so much information out there. How do you, from a personal standpoint, not get overwhelmed by everything coming at you, but then also, you know, adapt?
1: Absolutely. I think it's focus, right? You have to have a a good focus on focusing on what are the things that are important to, and prioritization, right? I think there's so much, even in our day-to-day activity um, Mm -hmm. that we do in our own, like our own personal growth, that balance between, you know, the whole work-life balance, the balancing of, you know, making sure that your, your, your team and your organization and yourself has that kind of balance between the prioritization. And I'm a big, I'm pretty, uh, Big on organization and, and structure as well as um, focus, right? And so, being able to focus on the priorities, deep. I mean, there's certain things in the day you have to say no to, right? And right. Being, and not being afraid to say no, I think is really important mm-hmm. as well, because as part of your prioritization and your balance, you have to, you know, understand what's the priorities first of your customers, then your company, and then you know how do you work around all of those those different avenues within your own. Personalization or personalization of your your focus areas. So I tend to focus. I tend to use a lot of templating. I I tend to you know decline meetings that I don't necessarily need to be in, (laughs) right Mm -hmm. Um, every day. That's a good one. Yep. And so just prioritizing and then you know taking your top ten for your day or your week and then you know moving through your week. And of course, there's always going to be those those obstacles that come up where there's a fire drill, right? So you have to shuffle Mm -hmm. your prioritization, but that's really how I've learned to kind of balance, especially with all of the changes coming at you um, in, in the supply chain and the, in the software world that I live in on a day to day.
0: Yeah, that's really great advice. I use something that I've, Coined prioritize and shift. Yep. So I have, you know, the top priorities at the top of the list, but then when I get to the middle list and near the end of the list, those are the ones that I know that I can shift into the next day if I need to. Right. And so, you know, it really helps not getting overwhelmed, right? right. Because you know that you can shift them to the next day and the world's not going to end. Correct. And it's the same with, you know, feeling comfortable in saying no. And, you know, you want to be a part of everything and people want you to be a part of everything. But at the same time... You need to really prioritize and see where your time is the best spent, and not only for work, but for you personally and in your personal life. So, Correct. I think that's some great advice. So, I want to ask you: um, Do you have any regrets
1: in your career, um, and what are they? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, I think if I looked back in my earlier career when I started out in software, I would say some of the some of the top regrets that I would have is potentially maybe not taking larger risks, right? Um, I think it's you become very comfortable and sometimes with comfort becomes, you know, of course, familiarity and just it's kind of a rinse and repeat type process. And even though I have held a variety of different roles and had a ton of great you know, opportunities that I've taken advantage of, I think you always um, go back and say, well, what if? Right. Mm-hmm. So the way I like to look at regrets is uh, is around the um, ability to say, but what opportunity does Opportunities did I get, right? right? By not maybe necessarily always taking the largest risk, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been lucky. I've been lucky in that I've been able to hold different roles in different positions um, that have helped me grow in my personal career. Help has helped me grow across different industries and product areas. And so you can't you can't always look back, right? But you think to yourself, well, what what opportunities maybe did I miss out on, or? So I I think later on in my career, I became more risky. I became more of a risk taker, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think from that, I I think, you know, that's how you grow your own career, right? So a little bit um, probably to look back, I think that would be one of the regrets in my earlier part of my career is just being okay with comfortable, right? So yeah,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. And it's kind of human nature, right? To take a look back and sort of see, you know, what did I miss out on? Maybe where did I make those mistakes? And it's, you're able to learn from it or as long as you're able to learn from it, I think that it is very important um, to moving forward as well as to be able to identify that. But then again, taking a look at the path that you've taken and sort of say, well, if I hadn't have taken this, then this, 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 and this might not have happened. Exactly. Right. So there's a really good balance there, and um, I like the context that you used. So then let's talk about something you know positive.
1: What are some of the most memorable moments of your career? You know, I'd have to say I I've been really fortunate to work for global companies in the past, and one of the the most memorable thing things that I take with me on a on a day to day, and I'm always thankful for. Are the countries I got to visit, the cultures I got to be part of, as well as the people I got to meet. I think those are the most memorable um, aspects of my job. Um, you know, having gone to fifteen different countries um, over my global travels, having to work with global teams um, on initiatives, and and gaining uh, a better understanding of different cultures, I think has been really rewarding, um, and probably the most um, memorable piece of my career.
0: Absolutely. You know, I've done a lot of traveling myself. And now that you say that, um, I, I would really agree with you on that. You know, being able to travel to different countries and meet a vast variety of different people, have different conversations, learn a little bit more about their culture, really tends to, I think, open your eyes, right? Yeah, because Absolutely. Yeah, you know we're we're sort of in our bubble, I guess. <laughs> Everybody is sort of in their bubble where where we're at, um, and we sometimes forget how big the world can
1: be. Exactly, and I think too, um, you know, working with global teams has always been something that um, I've really enjoyed. I mean, learning different aspects. And one thing I used to do when I I would travel to a different country that I'd never been to before, I always put a couple days on the on the front and a couple days on the end, um, just to understand the culture, the you know, the enjoy the environment. Um, when time permitted, you know, see some sightseeing, sight, do some sightseeing that I normally wouldn't have probably done. So.
0: Absolutely. And it's fun too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right.
0: We mix a little bit of pleasure and business and uh, that's that's what makes memories. I mean, that's what sort of makes that life experience too. So then let's talk a little bit about diversity. Um, this is a woman in supply chain episode Um, you know it's more about providing a platform and talking about our journeys but it's also to talk about different subjects um, especially Mm -hmm. important ones that are Mm -hmm. not only important to our industry and supply chain but I think uh, to industries as a whole so what do you think is standing in the way of more diversity I think we've come a long way I think we have Mm -hmm. a long way to go and so I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. And who do you think needs to champion the change? And I came up with this question because I think it's very interesting and it it differs between the different people that I speak to. And so, yeah, let's start with that.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think uh it's important for us to to have a seat at the table, right? In any position and that that goes for, you know, women and men in supply chain, right? Have a seat at the table be able to bring your point of view to the forefront. And I think um, I've always been one that, you know, if you if I've got uh, an opinion or if I think something is right and or wrong, um, always kind of speaking up, right? Making sure that you're speaking up and you're escalating. The other thing I think is important is to have a good mentor. Uh, I Throughout my entire career, I've looked at great, you know, Great male and female mentors, and I try to model myself not to be exactly like that person, but to learn and be guided by that mentor. So I think, you know, as you look to, um, you know, having a seat at the table, um, moving moving your point of view and opinions forward, having that healthy debate, that healthy candor, and then also, um, you know, just guiding your guiding your principles and your your work towards. Um, taking guidance from a, vent- from a mentor, I think is really important.
0: Yeah, we talk a lot about mentorship. And I think yeah. for women in general, um, yes. I think for mm-hmm. people in general, but women right. especially, um, mentorship is really important. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started this Woman in Supply Chain series is, you know, not because of empowerment necessarily, but just to provide a platform so that we could yep. all learn from each other, right? Because yeah, there's not... You know, there's not enough out there. I mean, I wouldn't really get to know your story mm-hmm. um, without listening to this, right? You know, and and having you on the show, and it's really important just to see what you've been through. You know, yeah. what your regrets are, and uh, for the different industry or the different women in the industry as well. So I would definitely agree with you on that. We we always need more. So absolutely. Um, if and those are going to be our champions
1: of change, don't you think? I absolutely think so. And, and, and just watching, you know, the characters, like when I've guided myself after a particular leader that I've reported to in the past, and I've said, you know, I really like the way that she, um, you know, worked her way through this really difficult situation on a very, you know, maybe it's a different difficult mm-hmm. conference call or whatever, but, and, you know, it was done with, with, with um, a very, you know, unique approach and it worked really well and everybody you know kind of fell into place I look at those types of things as I look at mentors as to well how how much are they getting done with just a different approach or a different candor Mm -hmm. or a different you know take on what um, on a way that maybe I would have approached something versus you know the way um, my mentors would approach different things and I learn a little bit from each of them right so Mm -hmm. it's, it's a good combination mix of you know good leaders, good mentors, even, you know, even personal mentors, not necessarily always professional as well.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's important. That's important to distinguish, right? Because a lot of times when we think about mentors, we're thinking about in our business life. Right. Um, But it's just as important to have them in our personal life as well, because we've got so much going on, Um, you know, and that's why, you know, there's, there's mentors, there's coaches, there's different opportunities for us to be able to leverage and learn from and take a little bit away from each. And I like that approach and I like what you're saying about that because it's not that you need to learn everything from one person. Exactly. You know, it's just about taking a look at different perspectives and different ways of doing things and picking up on some of that and say, saying, hey, you know what, that, that part of it might work for me and I might want to, you know, utilize that in my business or personal life. Absolutely. So... You mentioned work life balance and this is this is an interesting topic because some people think it's a thing, some people don't <laughs> think it's a thing and so I've had a lot of really interesting conversations about it and I know that most of your team works remotely mm-hmm. and are all over the world. Right. So how what do you think about work life balance first of all and second of all how do you manage a team with when everybody's so spread apart
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right we do I, I think along with having the flexibility of being remote it also comes with the um it, I don't know if it's a downside but there's somewhat of a downside where you have to set up a lot more meetings and a lot of our days are really full of you know meetings and and rightfully so right we have the luxury to work remote, but it also comes with you know we have to get together and collaborate mm-hmm. on a variety of different initiatives, and so one thing that um, you know I think the first thing people want to look at when it comes to work life balance is well we need more resources, and as you know many companies um, in in not only in supply chain but across a, a variety of, of um, different industries are are working leaner you know leaner and. Um, a little bit more um, efficient. And some of the things that I like to recommend outside of resources, even though we know that that, that is a component, um, is also to organize and prioritize, right? Um, we talked about it a little, a little bit earlier, you can't always be on every single call or you've got to prioritize. Um, what I've really challenged my team to do is to come up with more templating, to come up with more um, short for, short form deliverables to do more of what we're doing right here right from a from a content perspective more podcasting more video more um, interactive you know voice listening watching type of, of content and then from a product marketing perspective on the other arm uh, of what i manage today is you know coming up with more of a templated approach right i think when we use utilize more templating we find more free we find ourselves with a little bit more free time to focus on strategy um, and to also, you know, take the time. So the other, the other tip I have that I give is to block out time. You know, block out time in your calendar to spend with, um, you know, working on a particular project or to focus so that you're not being interrupted. Shut down the jabber, shut down the email, you know, spend some time to focus on that particular project that you want to work on. And the other thing is, too, is take the time for yourself and your family. I think that's important. Um, To take the time, whether it be to, you know, flex a Friday afternoon if you need to, um, you know, take the time to maybe, you know, extend your vacation a day or or piggyback on a holiday. Um, But to take that time, I think it's again, it's a juggling act, right? It is, especially Mm -hmm. as we talked about supply chain being a very fast moving, very rapid, very, you know, having the ability to have to to have the agility and the resiliency to keep moving forward. Um, in a very, very busy and often changing environment.
0: Yeah, and you want to make sure that they um, come in with that fresh approach and aren't tired, right? They exactly. need to, They need to yep. take the time for themselves, for their family. And I like the fact that you're instilling that in you know, the culture, with your teens that are so remote, you know, yeah. allowing them to take that time and recharge and make sure that they're you know coming back with that full spirit right to to really give to the company and what you guys are doing so what advice would you give to women in the industry you just gave us advice on how to manage a team remotely but what advice would you give to other women in the industry just in general around around um, work-life balance or just women maybe women looking for a career in supply chain
1: or just in their career in general Absolutely. So I think it's really important to, um, you know, not only have the foundation and the basics of something that something that you are, are interested in or like doing. Uh, If I take, for instance, my own career, I always really kind of enjoyed the aspects of what I was doing in my job. I still do, right? I, I always enjoy taking a piece and a part and there's always the good with the bad, right? But when you're talking about, you know, maybe fresh out of your, you're looking to change or like what I did migrate from ERP to supply chain. I think it's important to not only learn kind of your, your foundation, your basics, your industry, all the all the good stuff that comes with working in, in our industry. But I, I also think it's important in today's world to learn about the innovation, right? Now there's an arm of of constant change and constant innovation and constant, um, you know, changes in that technology spectrum. And I think, In the past, you know, we focused on the business competency, and now it's really important to focus on the technology and innovation competency as well and moving kind of that, building out that full circle. Um, So those are are some of the tips I would give, you know, like women in general. Also, the other thing is, um, you know, do something you like to do, right? Oftentimes, I think we get into what I call as a, uh, again, it's a comfort zone of, well, I know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to stay doing it. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that, you know, life is short, right? So I don't right. necessarily believe that we should dip our toe into one area and not take the, the risks I talked about, talked about earlier into trying, trying something new. Um, the other thing I like to do is in my personal mm-hmm. life, I like to always focus on doing something fun and new. Like, um, I, people will tell you that, that know me that I'm not the best cook in the world. But um, I like to take cooking classes, you know, outside of work. And I like to watch the cooking (laughs) shows and, and dip my interest a little bit in that. And it kind of, you know, helps balance the stress of some of the things you're doing at work and some of the things that you're doing for fun. So, and try something new, right? Try something Absolutely.
0: new. Absolutely. I thought you were going to say zip lining. <laughs> I don't
1: <laughs> know on, why. <laughs> that's on my bucket list, Sarah. It's on my bucket list. So, yeah. It, it,
0: it's a lot of fun. I I went and uh tried treetop trekking actually about a month ago. Nice. And there's some zip lining in it and the the treetop part of it was um was very fun. So, if you're thinking about doing that, that might be That might be something to consider.
1: Absolutely.
0: So now you've given us some advice on working remotely. You've given us some advice on being a woman in the industry, you know, taking those risks. And now I want to take it to the next generation because as a senior executive, um, I'm sure that, you know, you're always looking at talent. You're always looking at the industry. So what are the top three things that the next generation should do to plan their career Or even plan an interview in Mm -hmm. supply chain because you know it's it would be great to get your perspective on this because we don't talk about this enough. You know, like what does the next generation need to do for their career in supply chain, or even to take an interview with a company that that um, specializes in supply chain?
1: Yep, absolutely. And I I do a lot of career counseling and career kind of you know um, help with people that are looking to move to JDA right from other industries, and so. Um, the, the advice that I give them is, you know, to again, it's kind of similar to my last response, right? Which is, know your framework and your foundation, and what's driving your passion to move into supply chain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've 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 done a lot of work with our interns, et cetera, and just trying to find out, you know, where their their fits um, are, right? And so the, you know, so when you come into yeah. a company like like JDA, there's a variety of different jobs, and I think. I'll talk about first about maybe the, um, the fresh out of college um, perspe- or, um, prospect, right? So the fresh out of college prospect comes out, they really, you know, they have this, maybe they have a marketing background, right? They're talking to me about a marketing position and, and they're an intern, you know, they're working for an internship with us. And they find out that, mm, you know, wait, maybe marketing just wasn't what they exactly wanted to do. The great part about it is they get the ability to experience right. that through an internship, right? So um, the advice I gave my my last intern was, you know, I, I'm not quite sure you you really, you know, 100% enjoyed what you were doing. You did a great job. But, you know, what are your interests? And, and out of that kind of discovery, I found out that his interest was in human resources. Well, guess what? We have an option to go oh, to wow. a human resources, you know, recruiting type role. So just kind of opening up, your, you know, the avenue of there are differences, and I will. And there are options, right? So I will give you a great example. I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I started out in banking. I was an economics major. I didn't do very well in in marketing, by the way, um, in college. But I but through the through the exploration, <laughs> the ability to try something new, the ability to move out of the finance district and into software of all things was a huge leap, right? But then through that, finding the things that I really liked to do. And kind of moving forward with those types of um, interests that I was interested in, I I really started to learn and love what I was doing when it came to not only product management, but I I loved being in support for a long, I was in support for four years, I managed a support team for four years. Um, It's something I never thought I would do is manage a group of technical engineers, right, in software. And so, you know, be open. so So going back point one, be open to different options, right, be open to different opportunities. Point two is really, you know, again, it's that mix of, um, you know, I I took some, maybe you took a supply chain uh, course or, you know, maybe you majored in it from some universities have supply chain courses um, and coming in and saying, okay, you know, I really know a lot about planning or I really know a lot about transportation or warehousing, but also, again, having the ability now to expand the knowledge around innovation and technology. I think it's becoming so much more important in supply chain um, to, you know, understand that techni- technology component, um, you know, take take time to learn a little bit about machine learning, take a little bit of time to learn about uh, artificial intelligence, take a little bit of time to learn about, you know, bots in the warehouse, take a little bit of time to learn about, you know, what's happening in the industry overall around shortages in workforce, you know. Mm-hmm. the the shortages in warehousing and transportation and in the store, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So those would be the two points I think I would drive home is, you know, just go into it with an open mind, um, but branch out outside of, you know, just kind of your focus area.
0: Yeah. And you never know unless you try. I say this to my stepdaughter all the time. You never know unless you try and you need to try all sorts of different things to see what you like and what you don't like. And until you do that, you're really not going to, be able to see what that path looks like, but it's all a part of the journey. So now let's talk about the future for you. What's next for Lori?
1: <laughs> well, um, you know, so I'm just kind of looking at, um, you know, I'm, I've just stepped uh, into a, a fairly new position and I'm liking what I what I do. I'm always looking, of course, you know, like what different areas that are driving me, right? So what drives me today may not drive me, you know, a year from now, right? I may want to get back into training or I might want to get into more of, like we talked about, more of the career coaching aspect or, um, you know, maybe it would be more of, a, you know, I used to be pre-sales. I used to do some pre-sales work, maybe going back to that. So I always look at, you know, what's the next step in, in my progression um, within within the company as well as, um, you know, just my personal aspirations. So that's, that's really where um, I'm at right now. I'm, I'm excited about the new opportunity and challenges I have ahead of me. And, um, you know, again, I'll go back to saying when you're when you're in software, you're in supply chain, you're in retail, you have so many different options to choose from as far as your next career path. So, I guess the future's bright and a little bit, um, you know, unknown for me at this point. So, um, that's really the areas that I'm interested in um, and have been in for a long, for quite some time. So.
0: Well, and I love that you're okay with it too. And that is inspiring all in itself. And I know that people will learn a lot just from that. So what an amazing journey. I love hearing all about the different paths, including some of the great times, some of the challenging times. And I'm sure you have learned so much from Lori's journey because I know I did. If you would like to learn more about Lori or the links to this episode, please go to letstalksupplychain.com Forward slash season two-episode 84. Thank you, Lori, so much for joining me on today's story and trusting me to tell your story. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Orderbuddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at PorterBuddy.com slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. If you like this episode, there are 22 more episodes and nine blog posts full of advice, insight, and powerful stories in our Woman in Supply Chain series over at letstalksupplychain.com. Next week, stay tuned because Matt from RPA Labs is here. We are going to talk about RPA, what does that even mean? We're going to talk about RPA versus AI and what it means to you and your business into the future of supply chain. You're not gonna wanna miss that episode, so make sure to stay tuned for that next week. And if you love the show and you love the content that I'm bringing to you, there is a couple of ways to support the show and I would love to see some of that support. So follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Uh, sign up for the newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com or subscribe on youtube the sc supply chain tv so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content that we're coming out on video next ships.com visit and sign up because we are almost in full beta and if you are a forwarder or a shipper that wants to streamline the pricing of your air freight and ocean freight shipments, gain access to more choice worldwide, and utilize the best of data to reduce shipping risks, then you won't want to miss out on our platform. Next, I have gathered all of the sayings that I say on this show, including collaboration is the future and i've put that into shirts t-shirts um so that we can go on inspiring each other and talking about collaboration plus i have a supply chain dictionary all of that can be found under shop at letstalksupplychain.com next go and rate and review the show over on itunes so other people can find the show plus i will also mention your review on an upcoming episode thank you so much for tuning in each and every week thank you for your love thank you for your support and i hope you have an amazing week ahead and remember everybody ship happens